War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com at 106 on this Thursday. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It is Juan. This portion of the program brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. A delicious meal, a feast, if you will, is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So there's quite a bit of news on this Thursday. And again, folks, we will be doing uh, Facebook Live later tonight as we have um, started to incorporate it really into a nightly show uh, each night, sometime after seven. It's a little bit flexible. It's not like TV standard where you have to start it exactly. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's 7.15, sometimes it's 7.20, but it's always, uh, see, lately it's been very, very memorable to uh, to say the least. But I want to... um get up to speed. I will talk a little bit about the missing person case coming up in just a moment. It is, um, I'll tell you, it's pretty disappointing the reaction of some of the, the neighbors involved that I, I just find their their attitude towards it pretty, uh, pretty reprehensible regarding the fact that they seem more concerned about the individuals in that house where you know the, the the police were for a month, and where in essence, then you know the um, the the family members live in another section of Warwick, and we were there. It's, I mean, to me, it, it's it seems pretty uncaring that they they seem upset that the media has gone to their to their neighborhoods as opposed to pretty adamant about trying to help out uh you'd like to think that if that was your family member that people would um would be trying to search and find them and there's been a lot of uh nice energy as far as a lot of the the action regarding the searches and so forth so um but not not everyone has uh, behaved in that way and i am it's a little i i don't know what to make of it to be honest with you the fact that how these people have been Reacting, but I want to get to this um, this story about the the Supreme Court because this I, this immediately kind of impacts the U.S. has struck down the New York gun law, so that's that's really major. Um, and by the way, that the Supreme Court, as many of you know, they're going to be pretty active, very very active, as a matter of fact, over the next several months. Or actually this month, I should say, a number of different bills is what I meant to say. And, you know, we're going to decide whether or not we're going to see if whether or not this this becomes a nation of mob rule or a nation of laws. Uh, this business that they decide and they don't like the way it's going. So they just start to decide to, you know, try to intimidate people. And and that's what it is. I mean, no one is going to. No one's going to convince me that this this is all about intimidation. That's what it's about. 
This is not, they're there to intimidate people. They are there to intimidate people. Um, now, this is interesting. Federal agents have searched the Virginia home of Jeffrey Clark, a former DOJ official tied to President Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. I, that sounds significant. That sounds significant. But, boy, they are just um, relentless the way they're going after President Trump. That's for sure. Just relentless about that. But the, the, the Supreme Court striking down this New York rule, that, that means it's not going to. Let me let me play. There's a piece on this. I believe there's an audio package with ABC. This this is major, and this does affect Rhode Island. I am going to call, try to reach our friend John Francis momentarily, and uh, learn a little bit of what this means for Rhode Island. But the, struck down a New York law regulating concealed carry. It's one of the biggest uh, guns rights cases in over a decade. So this affects Rhode Island, as a matter of fact. So we'll see how they try to act on that. Thank God, by the way, the General Assembly is going to be out of session like any day now before they can do more damage. We're going to try to reach John Francis and just get his reaction to this. But I want to hear this is, I believe, a package on it on ABC. Yeah, I think so. We should have this. Let me hear this. Here we go. Good morning, everyone. We're coming on the air with breaking news from the Supreme Court. The justices handing down a major decision on guns in America, striking down New York's licensing regime when it comes to carrying a gun outside the home, the concealed carry law, which could have a sweeping impact nationwide, in particular on seven other states. The decision comes, of course, amid this renewed debate in our country over gun safety in the wake of mass shootings across the U.S. This opinion written by Clarence Thomas, uh, it it was a majority opinion. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts on board. The opinion says New York's law violates the 14th Amendment, uh, and uh, apparently they have, yes, struck down New York's licensing regime. It's a 100-year-old law on the books in New York State, and the question now is how quickly it affects other states in this country. Uh, Let's bring in Terry Moran, who covers the court and has covered it for quite some time. This is a major ruling, Terry. It is, David. It is a big ruling on gun rights in the United States and a victory for those who advocate for those rights. New York State uh, required people who wanted to carry a firearm concealed outside the home to show proper cause, which the state defined as a special need different from ordinary citizens for self-defense. Today, the Supreme Court says that's not good enough under the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment presumes uh, the right to carry keep and bear arms is the language in the Constitution, and in this case, the Supreme Court says that bear arms means the right to carry. Now, there is an important caveat here. While this is a sweeping decision, uh, two crucial justices, Justice Brett Kavanaugh and Chief Justice John Roberts, sign on and limit the opinion a little bit, saying uh, that the Second Amendment uh, isn't a blank check. They want more cases in the future that will define where people can carry a firearm outside the home. There was a lot of discussion about what about football stadiums? What about taverns where people are drinking? Are there limits to this? But the sweeping ruling issued and written by Justice Clarence Thomas uh, says that the history of the Second Amendment is crucial and that states must presume that there is a constitutional right to carry a firearm outside the home. 
And, and Terry, we had an indication that this is where the court could be headed back when they heard the case. Chief Justice John Roberts at the time saying uh, the idea that you need a license to exercise the right is unusual in the context of the Bill of Rights. That's right, David. New York did have one of the strictest gun uh, concealed carry laws in the United States. It is 100 years old, and it does have that unusual mechanism that you apply for the right to carry a firearm outside the home and that you need to show proper cause and that New York state courts had defined that as a special need. Uh, and what the court is saying here is that constitutional rights, you don't need a special need oh. to demonstrate you can exercise them. That does not as the concurrence by Justice Kavanaugh and Chief Justice Roberts shows, means that you can carry anything anywhere. But those boundaries have yet to be determined. And on the foundation of Justice Thomas's opinion, it says that the Supreme Court uh, is saying that the states must presume the right to carry a firearm outside the home across this nation. You know, that is, um, I want to, let me see if I can get John Francis uh, on the line because I know that uh, gun, Second Amendment, two-way community activists certainly, you know, need something to get fired up about because of what happened with the gun bills. Um, let me see if I can reach our friend John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks can listen online at the website petro.com. This should be a big game changer. It is certainly in certain states. When you think about it, it shouldn't be a, a con- there. He is, folks. Join us on the line right now. I hope he has a moment for us. This is our friend John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hi, John. How are you? Very well. Hey, John. I'm just wondering, and I don't mean to catch you off guard, but um, the Supreme Court ruling that just came down today. Uh, yeah. What what type of impact that has for? people in Rhode Island? So uh, that is going to affect how permits uh, go in Rhode Island. Good. So currently, uh, the, the anybody who would apply to the state attorney general's office had to demonstrate an articulable need in order to get the permit uh, and or they would issue permits with restrictions like work purposes only. Um, so trying to restrict people from carrying as much as possible. Yep. Uh, so this ruling now basically eviscerates that. Wow. And so now the, I mean, the, the rest of the process is going to pre- pretty much remain the same. You know, you're going to have to pass a background check. There's the shooting qualification test, um, photographs, fingerprints, letters of reference. I believe there's a medical release uh, that they require as well. Um, but you people will no longer be required to demonstrate a need in order to apply for a license. Great. And some of the police chiefs around the state were, were illegally using the same basis uh, for issuance of a permit. They will no longer be able to get away with that either. Wow. And where does the attorney, like in the past, uh, like Attorney General Peter Kilmartin, I mean, they would give really give people a hard time saying, like, well, why do you why do you need you know why do you need to carry a weapon? Well, yeah, because under the under under Chapter eleven forty seven eighteen, the law allowed them to. It gave the discretion. It clearly gave discretion to the Attorney General's office on whether or not to issue a permit. Wow. So that's why Rhode Island was generally considered a may issue state. Yeah. 
But now it, it's we're going to become a shall issue state. Good. Just like all of them. Wow. Even so this Cal- even California. Even California. Now all the state. Yeah, it was realistically, it was only like six or seven states out of the whole country that was going to be affected by this ruling. Yeah. Let me that just goes to show you how out of touch we are with the rest of the world. Here's though. Ted Nisi at WPRI, he put out this. One smart legal observer texts me that he reads Kavanaugh's concurrence to say Rhode Island's permitting law, which the court suggests is akin to a shell issue regime, would not be impacted by today's rulings. How, how is that possible? Well, because uh, it depends on how you apply. Oh, okay. Rhode Island, if you didn't want to apply, if you got denied by the AG, for example, you had another outlet to go. So you could apply to your hometown chief of police, or if you had a permit issued by any authority in the country, as far as a license to carry, you could go to any Rhode Island city or town. So there was another avenue you could explore, and under under 1147.11, which is the city and town statute, um, it shall issue. So the Kavanaugh is correct in that regard. Yep. That doesn't change. Okay. Yeah. So the ruling is about concealed carry permits, not open carry. Issued by the, by permits issued by the state, not the cities and towns. Okay. So so uh, this this does impact Rhode Island, correct, John Francis? Uh, uh, say that again, John. This does this 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 is this should be considered good news for the two A community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, and, and I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm still. Uh, it's going to take me some time yeah. to read the entire ruling. It's sure. 135 pages. Oh my goodness! But uh, from what I'm seeing, the way they came to their conclusion, they talk about how how lower courts have been using a two step method to determine whether the Second Amendment applies or not. Okay. Okay. And they and they write, and I saw where they wrote that that met, that that methodology is wrong. Wow. All right. Well, listen. We'll do our normal. I talk to you usually on a Friday, anyway. They give you some chance to kind of digest this, go through it. Uh, okay. I'm going to check with our legal uh, analyst Tim Dodd as well. But either way, John Francis, I think it's a win. Good. It's about time moving yeah. the right direction. So absolutely. All right. All right. What are your hours for the rest of the day? Uh, so today I'm actually closing early by three. I have an event to attend to this afternoon. Okay. Uh, but tomorrow I'm here, my usual hours, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 4. You're the defender of the faith. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, thank you. All right, folks. John Francis of Competition Shooting Supplies. I'm going to see if we can um, reach our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. I don't know. We did talk to him earlier. We'll see if we can uh, get him on quickly. And I also want to... Um, I, I want to, John Francis would know and Tim Dodd would know. I'm less inclined to go with some of the things that some people, people seem to be speculating quite a bit on social media, on uh, Twitter. Let me just see. I saw that. Um, let me just read this story that, oh, okay. Now, it, I, I hate the paywall in the Blanken Journal for crying out loud. Um, let me see if I can pull that up, folks. Bear with me. Again, it is Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We have uh, more details coming up on the missing person case. I, I fully get some people aren't into the whole. Oh, okay. Police identify adults who died in Cumberland shooting as husband and wife. E. 
42-year-old Cumberland woman and her 51-year-old husband were found dead inside the home. Courtney Hurd and Eric Hurd had been shot, pronounced dead, went to the home. 28 Birchwood Drive. Uh, preliminary investigations, the two knew each other. Shooting was an isolated incident. Yeah, we know that. Um, no other additional information to provide. Let me see if I can find her on Facebook while we're on that particular story. And then, but anything that will cut into, um, anything that will, you know, deliver a defeat to the locals regarding the ridiculous politically motivated you know listen and and it's also notice they, they never mention the fact that there was the you know there were two gang members shooting at each other oh wow is that her yeah lives in cumberland oh geez what happened with that wow oh and the young kids yee that doesn't sound good. Courtney Heard. We have four mutual friends. A nerd nutritionist. She's also the owner of True Self Nutrition Counseling. Um, and there's Eric Heard. Wow, I don't get it. With the three kids, three young kids. Yee, something happened there. I don't know what happened with that one. Wait, that three young children. Wow, that's not good. All right, I want to play, um, folks, a little bit with some of the pieces from Good Morning America of of what exactly happened with uh, a number of different stories. And I know they're... It's worth it, though. You know what else was, was really good last night was um, Tucker Carlson was actually excellent in um, as far as his takes. So what, what's happening right now um, happens to absolutely. I, I like this interview uh, that he did. Comedian has lost his sense of humor. And he's talking about Stephen Colbert. I want to. Play this just for a moment. Break into the U.S. Capitol complex and harass lawmakers inside. So the group dutifully arrived in the afternoon and were met almost immediately by uniformed Capitol Hill police officers who threw them out. But apparently on orders from Colbert, they returned. At about 4 p.m. on Thursday, the group re-entered the building. Accounts vary as to what exactly happened next, but it seems clear that Colbert's employees were led inside by an ally within the building. That would be a freshman member of Congress from Massachusetts called Jake Auchincloss. Once on federal property, Colbert's employees did what they came to do, which was disrupt the business of Congress. And apparently they were not subtle about doing it. They pounded on doors and yelled. Whatever they did, it got people's attention. It takes an awful lot for a police force controlled by Nancy Pelosi to arrest a group of left-wing entertainment figures. But that's exactly what happened next. Capitol Hill police arrested seven Colbert employees and brought them to jail. All seven of them were charged with unlawful entry. Now, that's the identical charge that hundreds of January 6th defendants have been prosecuted for. But unlike January 6th defendants, Colbert's employees were not sent to the D.C. jail for a year and a half in solitary confinement. No, 
they were released after only a night behind bars, and then they fled back to New York. Why is that? What exactly is the difference in the crime? As a legal question, we still don't know the answer. For some reason, Capitol Hill police have not released the surveillance tapes that would show exactly what Colbert's employees did that so triggered the police force controlled by Nancy Pelosi that they were arrested. But whatever they did, otherwise sympathetic members of Congress are running away from it as quickly as they can. Quote, we do not condone any inappropriate activity within the Capitol, Jake Auchincloss's office told us today. Though as a factual matter, that is not true. In fact, Jake Auchincloss has a recent history of condoning criminal behavior in the Capitol. Just this March, surveillance cameras in the complex caught Jake Auchincloss's chief of staff, that would be a former Adam Schiff staffer called Tim Heisem, vandalizing the front door of Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal office. Heisem did this not once, but several times, violently, like a man obsessed. Capitol Police quickly filed an arrest warrant against him because Tim Heisem clearly posed a threat to a member of Congress. But Jake Auchincloss did not fire him. Instead, Jake Auchincloss defended Heisem's vandalism as noble and justified. Our office is not going to apologize, read a long and self-righteous statement from Jake Auchincloss. In other words, we don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene's politics, therefore we can do whatever we want to her, and we will. For the most part, the media ignored this story, so Jake Auchincloss and Adam Schiff felt emboldened to go further. They invited Colbert's employees to the Capitol to harass Marjorie Taylor Greene some more, which is what they were trying to do when they were arrested by Capitol Hill police. Now, whatever you think of her politics, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a sitting member of Congress. Preventing her or any other member of Congress from carrying out official duties as a public representative is, by definition, an attack on democracy. So how is what Stephen Colbert did different from what the protesters on January 6th have been convicted of doing? That's a very good question. And it's a question that Colbert himself spent the weekend thinking about. His conclusion? Well... Unlike Trump voters, Stephen Colbert is a very good person. Therefore, any comparison to Trump voters is not simply ridiculous, it is a moral crime. Watch. Now, it's predictable why these TV talkers are talking like this on the TV. They want to talk about something other than the January 6th hearings on the actual seditionist insurrection that led to the deaths of multiple people and the injury of over 140 police officers, but drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our capital to prevent the counting of electoral ballots and a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. And it obscenely trivializes the service and the courage the Capitol Police showed on that terrible day. <laughs> yeah, it was a toy dog. It's shameful. In other words, when you criticize me, you're really criticizing the brave Capitol police officers who arrested the people who worked for me, the ones who committed the crimes I asked them to commit. And I, for one, will not stand for that. That's what he just said. Now, what you have there is not so much an explanation. In fact, it doesn't explain anything. Instead, it's a master's class on whiny, rich, liberal self-righteousness. It's a distillation of a worldview that is so concise and so perfect, it is certain to be studied by cultural historians of the future seeking to understand how our civilization collapsed. Not only am I not sorry, you're the criminal for bringing it up. Stop hitting me, he screams as he punches you in the face. That is passive aggression taken to the level of art. And anyway, Colbert says, shut up. I'm a, I'm a comedian with a toy dog. You can't criticize me. So the question really is, 
is Stephen Colbert a comedian? Well, if you're one of the relatively few people who still watches Stephen Colbert's show on CBS, you'll have to admit it is hard to tell. So last Thursday, last week, on Thursday, talk show host Stephen Colbert dispatched a group of seven of his employees to Washington, D.C. You know, again, folks, I um, Tucker is exactly right. And that, uh, that that is a disgrace, what is going on with this whole thing. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 129 and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I'm just kind of stunned at this uh, Cumberland situation. Something really went wrong here. Um, I'm just trying to surf around a little bit to see if there's someone that has some more details. But, boy, this... I don't know what happened with this whole thing. Wow. This um, this husband and wife, good Lord, they have young kids. We have, um, I'm going to do a Facebook story on it later. Wow, this is really, really sad. What the hell happened? They, you know, and I recognize they're saying they, they knew each other, but it certainly seems to go more than just knew each other. I think they were husband and wife. And I mean young children. Hmm. Let me just find, I just saw one story on it. It's, um, it's very disturbing. I just saw it. Unless was that... I'm trying to figure out if they did actually see it in the Providence Journal. Wow, that's really unfortunate. It goes beyond unfortunate. What happened? Hmm. For who's being identified? All right, this happens sometimes, folks, when Juan is moving quickly. And then... Uh, Look at those young, beautiful children. What happened? Something went wrong. Hmm. Bear with me, folks. I, uh, yeah, here it is, right? Oh, it was the journal. Please identify adults who died in Cumberland shooting. 42-year-old Cumberland woman, 50-year-old, oh, all right, husband, wife. Courtney Heard, Eric Heard, pronounced dead. What? Two knew each other? Well... They were husband and wife. All of the residents found to be safe. I, I think that was three children. Cumberland Police Department, thoughts and prayers. Continue throughout the afternoon. Wow. That's a really sad story. All right, I'm going to try to reach out, obviously, to the Cumberland the Cumberland Police. I am um, disgusted, folks, with this the fact of what's happening with... This whole business regarding illegals now going to get driver's license. Um, it, it, it shouldn't be going on. The Rhode Island Senate to vote on the $13.6 billion state budget. Completely, completely filled. They don't care. They don't care. 
You know, here's another thing. Pilot program for free bus rides coming to Rhode Island. I think that's a great idea. Then why do illegals need a driver's license? Because it's voting. Bill providing driving cards sometimes passes. And now it's left to Governor McKee. Gee, I wonder how he's going to vote on that. Yeah, that's a real head-scratcher. Folks, good afternoon at 1.33. I want to... um. I want to read, there was a good piece in the Wall Street Journal. I mentioned it a little earlier about education. And then I have more audio to play. But ours is one of those states, Rhode Island's one of those states, that it's just, it's just not going to. Uh, Jeff Yass, thank you to Bruce for sending this to me. Money for children's education, not schools. So they say... It's time to stop writing blank checks for failing systems. Right now, 134. Just listen to this. As school breaks for summer, it's a good time to review the return America's getting on its investment in education. Census Bureau reports inflation-adjusted spending has tripled since 1970 to a record $751 billion, yet barely a third of all fourth graders can read or do math at grade level. Time's come to reimagine the way we pay for education. Let's stop writing blank checks to failing school systems. Listen to this, folks. Consider a single mother of two, kindergarten to high school graduation. The government will spend $250,000 each of her children. Yet she won't have much of a say in how the dollars are spent. Without her consent, the bureaucrats who run the public schools will build facilities, hire teachers, and plan curriculum that may leave their children far behind their peers, all at exorbitant prices. That's the reality for many American children. Boston, New York City, each spend well over 25000 per pupil annually. Education, yet families get dismal results. Philadelphia spends 24000 Only 17% of 8th graders are proficient in reading, which means only 17% can do, can read at an 8th grade level. Nationwide, black mothers can expect their children to learn 30% of what they're supposed to learn. Progress testing course subjects, 4th, 8th, 12th grade, even those black children go to college and earn a bachelor's degree, they'll learn, they'll earn 23% less than whites. As taxpayers, the course should annoy us, and as parents should break their hearts, children get a horrible education from the system, duty-bound to help them. Yet the bureaucrats, teachers, unions responsible are really, if ever, accountable. They don't listen to complaints, and no one can vote them out of office. Now imagine if that same mother could choose how the 500000 was spent. She could use up to two-thirds of her education money to advance her children's education, with the remaining third set aside for their use after high school. She could make sure her children receive a good education that fit her values and their learning needs. She could use the money at a charter school, even pay for tuition at a private school, religion or otherwise. She could deploy those funds, set up a micro school with professional teachers, the sort of multifamily whole schooling that proliferated during the pandemic. She and other parents could also pick old-fashioned public schools, would finally have to earn support by treating parents with respect. I suspect... Philadelphia parents, he writes, would think twice before shelling out 24000 a year for a system that's been adding administrators a rate of seven times the increase in students while tuition at the average. Philadelphia Catholic High School is 8000 Private school tuition, just under 12000 Think about Philadelphia School, 24000 
Private school, Philadelphia, 12000 Public school, 24000 Leftover funds would go into a family account, draw interest over time. Saving 8000 a year, 4% yield, would total nearly 135000 over 13 years. Students who finish high school would lock that money for higher education, job training, or other purposes. College tuition, the uncertainty of the future, would be less of a nightmare for even impoverished American parents. Whatever their children chose, the money would already be in the bank. You know, the thing about that is just the fact that that someone could say, and I'm that that is a great idea. And the problem is, why don't we do that? Because the teachers' unions won't let it happen. Because the teachers' unions control the state house, and the teachers' unions control the Massachusetts. I mean, as well. You know, Governor Baker. Remember, he wanted to. He had the bill for charter schools, and they knocked it down. I like this commentary. Biden's practically engineering a recession. He is. He's just, folks, come on. At 138, high court strikes down New York limits on carrying concealed guns. Widest expansion of gun rights in decades. Supreme Court struck down New York State's system for issuing concealed weapon permits. Ruling it violates the Second Amendment. It took a while. It took a while, but it finally happened. Can't happen soon enough. Ridiculous. We're moving in the other direction. Do you understand that? Who will be the next governor of Massachusetts? I'm going to have um, Jeff Deal on probably next week. Probably next week. I don't know what's going to happen. Someone asked me in Rhode Island, do I think Ashley Kalis could win? I, I would like to think so, but I just, I don't see it yet. And I'm actually kind of being generous. You can just tell, you know, the, the, the race for CD2, it's Fung and Lancia. And I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Bob Lancia to do something. Good luck, I should say to anyone who's waiting for him to do something. He's just a, he's becoming a, you know. The consistent candidate. And and that Sarah Morgenthal is like melting by the day. Yeah, she, she wants to run for officer Rhode Island, but her tax exemption is for her home in Washington. You know, that she's part of the crowd. You know, they're smarter than everyone else, so they don't have to play by the rules. No one will pick up on it, except someone did pick up on it. Listen, the race is going to be Fung against Seth Magaziner, period. Hey, I like this story. What's happening in the Bruins coaching search? Coach, good afternoon at 140. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Uh, those believed to have interviewed the list include David Quinn. That would be big. Quinny from Cranston. He could get it. There's this picture in the Boston Globe. He coached the U.S. men's team, the World Championship. You know what else is the owner of the Rangers is just a maniac. So I don't think it hurts him that he left there. Former Ranger coach David Quinn will interview. Oh, he's interviewing today. Others believed to be interviewed, Bruins assistant Joe Sacco, Seattle assistant Jay Leach, Alex Dallas, uh, Dallas coach Jim Montgomery. Hey, Quinny, though, he, he's the BU connection as well. Quinn spent three years with the Rangers. Um, let's see. 
Anything else about that? Good luck. David Quinn interviewing. He was drafted 13th overall by Minnesota in 1984. Considered a top prospect. Spent three years at BU. Shined internationally. You have the discoverer of a rare blood disorder. Christmas disease. Knocked him off an NHL track. Played in 79 pro games with the AHL Binghamton in Cleveland. Um, that'd be terrific if David Quinn could get, imagine that, from Cranston, skating with David Bucci, Jimmy Harrington, and then suddenly uh, there he would be coaching the Bruins. So we shall see, but he's got his big interview today. Hopefully it goes well. Listen, the Bruins, he, he, he knows Boston. He was the coach at BU. He grew up in Cranston. Come on. Make the dream happen, for crying out loud. Can you believe also, folks, total random here, but I, I can't believe the empty seats at Fenway Park. I haven't been to a game. I don't plan to go to a game. But I, I'm just stunned at the empty seats. My God. Think of, I mean, 20 years ago, right? 02, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07. Remember they had the street going? You you couldn't get a ticket to Fenway. Now, wow. Whew. Unreal. Police investigating fatal shooting of two people in Cumberland. What happened? We may never know now. I mean, I could try the Cumberland police, but when they say the other residents in the home, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at a picture of them on Facebook with three children. Now, the Boston Globe store doesn't give the name, but the journal does. Oh, terrible. One woman said, our granddaughter taught all three kids at community school. Polly and Robert Boynes, who lived on Birchwood for 50 years, were shaken. Wow. Well, something went wrong here. I mean, if we're going to... And it's 6.40 in the morning. Fatal shooting of the couple. I mean, that sure sounds... Somebody shot the other and then took their own life. Something going on there. Yee. That is really terrible. Wow. Hmm. Folks, it's just such an odd time. It is such an odd time. All right, I want to play a little more sound here. Um, terrible. Those poor children. What happened? What happened at 6.40 in the morning that it turned into that? Turned into that? I don't get it. I mean, I really don't get it. I'm not saying that we we're expected to get it, as a matter of fact, but that um, that is a tough story. Police have identified a married couple, two found dead. I mean, I'll try with the work, the Cumberland police. I don't think they're going to give. I'll, I'll I'll work that story. I'll find out what happened. I mean, we could speculate a lot, but. Boy, it, it, I mean, obviously, it sounds that one parent killed the other parent and then turned the gun on themselves. 
But those, you should see the picture. I'll do a story about it on DePetro.com. Um, three, I mean, real little kids. What the hell happened in that house? If you have information, email it to me, actually. Somebody knows. Somebody that knows them. I'll, I'll try to be sensitive. You know, we may never find out. I just, someone, I don't know who was now the, the legal guardian for those two children. Very, very unusual, to say the least. Um, I mean, that's why you think about it. If, if, you, if you're a couple and you travel, many times people will travel separately, meaning separate flights. This is uh, trips without children. Therefore, if anything happened, um, you know, let, let's just say there's two parents that are going away on a parents-only trip without their children. Many, many parents, and they even advise you to book separate flights. I know that seems odd, but then if anything happened, the children have one of the parents. All right, I want to get to some more sound. Starting with that school police chief, Captain Creep here. Um, Who's on leave in Texas? The lack of clarity that remains and the unknown timing of when I'll receive the results of the investigations. It comes as frustration in Uvalde has reached a boiling point. I have to answer to a bunch of bureaucrats up there that haven't been doing their damn job. But that's why we're calling them out today. The city's mayor blasting the state for calling the police response to the school shooting an abject failure without also highlighting their own role. Everybody in that hall needs to answer what went on in that hall. Not just Peter Adondo, not just local Uvalde Police Department. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez has filed a lawsuit against DPS requesting 911 audio recordings, police body cameras, and surveillance footage. The acrimony over police protocols coming on a day where state lawmakers also concentrated their attention on another issue. Mental health is everyone's business uh, that we all play a role that tough conversation coming on the heels of a breakthrough you know that is um, DAs are 64 where 14 republican senators have joined democrats on the nation's most sweeping gun law and safety package in nearly three decades if this time after uvalde we threw up our hands and said we can't do anything i just think it would be a crisis of democracy the previous benchmark for legislative action on guns was 1994, an assault weapons ban that expired 10 years later. And now we are looking at a situation where there is advancement potentially here, guys. It is not clear, though, how much support we're going to see from the GOP in the House side of things. But one representative who is backing it, Tony Gonzalez. You know, I am, um, folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM. 1380 and 99.9 FM. I also want to play Roger Goodell got a um, real rough time. He was grilled on Capitol Hill about the, uh, used to be the Washington Redskins. I want to just play some of this. Commissioner Roger Goodell on defense facing a grilling by Congress over his handling of reports of rampant misconduct at one team, the Washington Commanders. The team was previously fined $10 million huh. after a 2020 Washington Post investigation found allegations of sexual harassment spanning more than a decade. Testifying remotely, Goodell acknowledged the team's culture was toxic for far too long. 
bullying, widespread disrespect toward colleagues, use of demeaning language, public embarrassment and harassment. Some of that demeaning language replayed by the committee. Here, a former team broadcaster. I do think our, 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 our intern is looking better every day. Goodell. Why is it cutting out like that? Dan Snyder was no longer involved in day-to-day operations. But Goodell pressed on why Snyder remains with the NFL in any capacity. Will you remove him? I don't have the authority to remove him. Lawmakers also question why the NFL decided not to release a written report about the league's own investigation into the commander's workplace. Why wasn't redaction sufficient to protect the anonymity of the women who were involved in the case of the Washington team? With all due respect, redaction doesn't always work in my world. Just before the hearing, the committee released a report that found Snyder orchestrated a shadow investigation intended to discredit accusers. I don't know why it's cutting out. Person telling NBC News that the committee's investigation was predetermined from the beginning and a politically charged show trial. One woman who came forward, a former Washington football cheerleader and employee, said she and many others still live with the trauma. Watching Snyder get full ownership during the investigation was a gut punch. Watching this silly fine and slap on the wrist passed down last year was was a gut punch. Scars she's. Systemic reckoning. Former employees like her are calling on the NFL to release the report it commissioned. Snyder himself is out of the country. I want his lawyer said was a business trip. Yeah, he's out of the country on a business trip. Folks, good afternoon at 151. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by It's My Health. Stop in and see Marie. At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Remember, she's the queen of health. She will certainly keep you and your family healthy. Marie at It's My Health. Now, right now, if you're on Menden Road, Marie is diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. She is so knowledgeable. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road. Have you been there? They also have, listen, a couple things they have there that I think you're going to like. And one of them is they have delicious different types of teas that you normally can't find. So unique teas that you normally can't find. And spices, by the way. And you can purchase by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, she also has hemp and CBD products, which can work great. For either you or for your pet. A lot of people uh, use them with their pet. It's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Local products, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. The service is fantastic. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop it and see her diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Folks, a couple of things I want to just mention. And again, good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It is Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. They have the great deck where you can eat inside. Either way, they'll also, uh, tonight is the NBA draft. As I like to call it, it's the lottery winners. Um, 
Everyone that's, especially the first round, they're all instant millionaires. It's a lottery. It is, uh, you can watch all the action in the lounge at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, let me go through a couple other, um, if you need some tree work done, just tree trimming, you do? Well, contact Yankee Tree, the tree trimming experts, 401-439-6028. They do it all. They have a licensed arborist. They're licensed and insured. Yankee Tree since 2006. Yankee Tree is from me. YankeeTreeService.com or call them 401-439-6028. Now, folks, many of you, if you did see last night, uh, there was quite an entertaining episode of One After Dark. I was doing a, um, we've been covering this missing person case. It is a missing person case, by the way. It's a missing person case. Uh, maybe tonight we may take a ride to Cumberland. If you have information about this, this is really sad with this couple. I don't know what happened, but they've been identified. And it's um, Courtney Hurd and her husband, Eric Hurd. You know, you never know, but private practice, registered dietitian, um, Lives in Cumberland, went to Cumberland High School, studied URI, grew up in Cumberland, just 40, uh, I think just turned 42, her birthday, May 9th, 1980, just turned 42, original, her maiden name was uh, Courtney Carpenter, married to Eric, who also, oh, from Lincoln, so Eric Heard from Lincoln, and... Um, I don't know that much about him, but she even had her own business. She owned, owner, founder of True Self Nutrition Counseling. She just opened it in March. Huh. True Self Nutrition Counseling. And there, I don't know if she was working out of the home. He's a little bit older. He's about 10 years older than her. But, boy, something went wrong here. Hmm. We don't know is the real answer. We don't know. But they are being identified. This is really sad. These kids are two boys and a girl. You know, folks, you never know. Look like a happy couple. No one knows what's going on behind the scenes. Starts her own business, new business in March. And something went wrong yesterday morning, that's for sure. What I, I don't understand is the, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll see if we get more details. I have a feeling it's going to, it might be hard to get details simply because law enforcement will say, well, you know, they got three kids and... Therefore, we don't want to release any information and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know what to make of this one. We're going to have limited speculation until... I'm sure there is um, someone who, in fact, someone that um, has some details and you can get it to me. Now, uh, I have these people that are very needy, very needy. Um, 
The Supreme Court, I can't find any mention in the magazine restrictions. That's because that's another pending case with the Supreme Court, Jason. God, these people, just like someone else sent me an email. Here's something for you to investigate. You must be talking to someone else. It's another case that's pending. I don't see anything about the magazine. Yeah, that's because there isn't anything. One blank and moment at a time. Different friggin' case. Watch your language, Juan. Oh, my God. I can't find any mention of the magazine. That's because it's not in there. Captain Dunce. Wake up. Did I say? I said it's pending. That's what we covered with Tim Dodd. I don't see in the article right here. Well, then keep looking. No one said it's in that one. Oh, my God. These people are so annoying. I know. I should just ignore it. I recognize. I should just ignore them. But I try to answer. I don't see anything. Yeah, that's because it's not there. It's a separate court case. Why do we have to explain everything to you? Oh, my God. I don't see anything in the. Yeah, that's because it's not there. You're looking in the wrong cupboard. We keep the macaroni over there. (laughs) Oh, my God. This crowd is unrelenting. The annoyance. Juan's patience gets pushed. We will continue to watch our language, though. I'll tell you that much. All right. Coming up, it will be. The 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. Hey, repeating, though, this is a, if you have any information about this couple in Cumberland, go to the website, petro.com, then just click on Contact John. I would like to get some more details about it. It seems tragic. If you have a theory on it, something may take a ride up there tonight. We shall see. All right. Listen, enjoy this Thursday. Go to the website. Shop in the shop. Oh, my God. These people. How do they get out of the bed in the morning? Have to map out everything. WNRI, one socket. WNRI.